I'm Annie Fox. And I'm Laurel Pinson. And this is Workwives, conversations at your desk with the woman who knows you best. So there was this girl in one of the many offices in which I've worked um, who cried a lot at work. Mm. And she was very open about it. Like we laughed about it. Like she just was a very – she was a very emotional person and Mm -hmm. she would sort of joke that she would just start crying. Like she would be crying because something nominal had happened, (laughs) you know, and she'd just be like at her desk working but crying. (laughs) And I'd be like, dude, you got to like just take a beat for yourself. She'd be like, I mean, I'm fine. I'm just – it's a really emotional video. Like you just didn't never know what it was. Um and there was something kind of freeing and awesome about I mean, that. I love it. Because she just was so open about it. Really, I think what was harder wasn't the fact that she was crying. She seemed kind of okay with it. She was just like, whatever, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a quick trigger on the crying. But then how hard it was for everybody else. It was like everybody else's reactions that were the hard thing to manage. Because of all the, the periods, the crying. The period, the emotions. Yeah, the emotions. Women, they're just so emotional. Yeah. And those emotions are really, like, unpredictable and uncontrollable. They could happen at any time. You could feel something. And they're contagious. That, too. Once so you want to quarantine crying, the woman that's yep. crying, which is why people are like, you know, if you why don't you go to the work, bathroom? Go to the bathroom. Just go to the bathroom. Don't want to see that no shit. needs to see that. But, but like, it, laughing hysterically is welcome. Right. Like or, people, or being ragey and unreasonable yeah. in some cases is like, well, what a powerful person. She really had an opinion. Yeah. Really stuck by it. Whereas the crying, not so much. What I think is interesting, though, at least in, look, I can only speak to our line of work. I think what one of the things that, you know, attracts you to a, a, a person you want to hire, right, into a role, particularly if as a storyteller, is someone who is kind of a porous human being that, mm-hmm. like, cares deeply, has empathy, is curious. And those are, are also kind of the makings, sometimes at least, of people who are just going to feel things unexpectedly and not be able to be like, well, I'm going to put that down and feel that some other more convenient time. And if you are struck with, with the feels... Sometimes you're going to have a fucking cry. Yeah. Well, and people, I mean, let's face it. People can't really be with each other. People have a hard time being with someone who's upset in general. So you think it's more of like a public service than anything else, quarantining yourself? is less about like being seen as a crier and more about like, I'm going to save everyone the trouble of fussing over me right now. I mean, I think the two, I I think it's like a chicken and egg problem. Like you know that it makes people feel uncomfortable and you also don't want to be perceived as someone who's than making other people feel uncomfortable, like, especially in our roles, like, as managers. Like, I feel like if my staff just saw me, like, break down in tears, that, like, pierces a veil in a weird way. Yeah, like, like you're meant to hack it. Like I'm supposed sh- to, like, keep my to- shit together. Yeah, you gotta hack it. Yeah, keep my shit together. Laurel, yeah. she's reliable. Yeah, she's, she can she take can it. go to Laurel, she can dig it. She can dig it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, came around and I just was like, I don't know, I can't take, take it. Have you cried? Have you cried? Since we have been work wives um, at work. Oh, yeah. I had one. I think I had one. Did we I have had one. one on the same I did go outside, day? though. I don't think it was the same day. It might have been in a similar time frame. Yeah. But, like, I went to a place where I didn't think I would be spotted by a ton of other Condé Nast people. Like, I went away. Good on you. Oh, I had a cry in a bathroom here. I have to. Once. Did I you go to a different floor? Just... I went to a different floor. I didn't have time. Oh, it was just. God, I hate when that happens. It, it caught me. Re- I was really unexpected. Yeah, and I needed to like get in a place. Yeah. Um, and then it was okay. That's mm. what I don't get. Like crying is. I mean, it's like 
it sucks to a certain degree because you get all scrunchy and then like your eyes are red and usually people can tell you've been crying. But for the most part, you feel better afterwards. Totally. Absolutely. I've rarely felt worse after crying. Yeah. I mean, I passed off as allergies. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I have so much like Zyrtec-y type yeah, shit around me. That's convincing. That I'm always just like, allergies are so bad today. People are like, oh, yeah, you look a little hey, red. You, like, I yeah, did I'm notice you for, looked a little red. Oh, oh had red. you? Yeah. Had you then? Yeah. yeah. Did you notice? Crying like a little bitch in the bathroom was Basically. what I was doing. I feel like when I cry privately, like when I cry not at work, I have this really fucked up thing where I try and like stoke the crying. Like if oh, I'm already oh, feeling mid, like think about a sad song. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm putting. Oh. You know, I'm putting a sad song. If I'm not picking up the guitar and playing a little bit of a yeah. sad tune, throwing some Jeff Buckley at it, <laughs> you know for sure I'm putting a sad song on, and then just like walking around being mid and crying Super to get it Miz. out. Yep. Like I want to get it out. Every I want to encourage every last little dark piece of festering cry to yeah. come out through the eyeballs. Because if you're going to have a good one, like yep. be done. Yes. At the end of it. Yeah. Be spent. Just really ring it out. I think that's totally true. And hard to do at work. That's what I think makes work crying kind of the worst. Because it's unsatisfying. It's A, unsatisfying because you're kind of trying to keep it in for as long as you can. And then when you have some outburst, like you barely make it to the bathroom mm. in my case or whatever it is, you really only have a small period of time. You can't really be heaving in the like, <laughs> like people can tell. <laughs> totally. You can't have the satisfying cry in the bathroom. Yeah. You can have a medium satisfying cry maybe on a street. Then you got the strangers you got thing. The strangers. They don't people look at you and the <sighs> worst thing in the world is to get a stranger coming up to you and Are like, you okay? Exactly. And you're like, I'm just getting it out. Thank you. Thank you, but I'm just getting it out. I'm getting it out. Like when you have a th- because you ha- because we all have very rich and complex lives outside of the office and shit goes down out there. And all then the you've got to like come into the office and be like Perfect some, Laurel. Like Yeah. Like bot version of yourself that can do like these um, like emotionless. Things. I wish everybody could have seen the like hand gesture that you were my making. My bot, the like, Laurel bot. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. Well, you're like I'm professional Laurel professional robot. Feel robot. nothing. Make really good decisions. <laughs> Inspire confidence. That's <laughs> it's basically it. That's... Definitely don't poop at work. <laughs> no pooping. Nobody poops at work. Oh no my pooping. goodness, no. With all the things that we've said, honestly, I can't imagine working. What it would be like to work in like a seriously high stress environment. And still bring all the things that you have to bring. There's not actual life and death stakes in a lot of the things that we do. Um, And so we were actually having this conversation with Lizzie Logan. And she said um, that she has two friends who coincidentally are work wives who work in pediatrics. And so we invited them onto the show to talk about crying and keeping this shit together at work. Yeah. Hey, Workwives listeners, have you ever cried at work? Well, shut up, because these women have a much more difficult job than you, and they're amazing at it. My name's Lizzie. I'm the pop culture writer at Glamour.com. But let me introduce you to our amazing guests. Hi, I'm Angela. I'm a doctor in New York City, um, and I've been doing this for two years. And I'm Morgan. Um, And along with Angela, I'm a pediatrics resident in New York. Okay, so you get to hang out with kids, so that sounds fun. But they're sick. Yes, very <laughs> sick. Um, except Sometimes. in the emergency room. Not all the time. Sometimes we, they're not sick at all. Yeah, they're not they're sick like, at all. They're bed. like, they coughed once two weeks ago. And, <laughs> um, which we love taking care of those children, too, because they're super cute. But, um, yes, they can get very, very sick. How often would you say you cry or become, like, very emotional over the course of a day or a week of work? So we actually were talking about this earlier. Um, I guess I'm a more emotional person <laughs> than Morgan uh, because I cry like maybe 
once a month or once every other month? Um, I would say uh, maybe once every every like two to three months. That sounds like never to me. Like I cry like I cry at like car commercials. <laughs> no, and I yeah, I think that um, that part of being in medicine. Obviously, sad things happen all the time. I don't want to say you get used to them because sad things happen, and I still find them to be sad. Um, but part of it is learning that, A, it's okay to cry. And I think we are in a field where we're lucky enough to have really supportive attendings and co-residents where, you know, Angela is, like, maybe, a, okay, probably a more openly emotional person than I am, but, like, no one would ever think that that was a negative thing in any way. I don't think that's true about every field in medicine, but I think we're lucky to be in the field that we are. And actually, a lot of people will say to us, like, oh, go ahead and, like, take a minute and, like, Mm -hmm. and handle it and then come back because you you don't want to, like, you want to show the parents that you're, you feel what what they feel and that it's terrible what's going on, but you don't want to just be break down, like, sobbing. (laughs) Right. And you want to be able to, like, know and, like, predict what's happening next and try to help them go through it and not just be the one who's like super emotional um which I have a tendency to be so I'm always taking a moment <laughs> um but it's hard because like really like it's not just a moment like you want to like take a week <laughs> and like and like really try to process like what you saw and what you heard and and I think it's good because maybe part of the reason why we don't cry at work is because especially when you're a resident and you're running around all day and literally your job is specifically what we we're second years now but when you're an intern your job is to check off all of the check boxes throughout the day and sometimes you don't you just don't have any time to process the actual things that should be you should be processing and probably maybe should be making you cry and so instead you hold it inside and then at the end maybe it explodes but yeah um, so letting it out every once in a while and recognizing that what you're doing is tough and it's fine to process is important and I think we could be better medicine could be better as a culture at doing that how do you think it could be better sad things happen all the time we can't always get together as a group and talk about it all the time but specifically when very emotionally challenging things happen the hospitals and the program is trying to get better at helping us process it so they've been coming up with these protocols where they actually get the team together have everyone review like what happened and like sort of like a check-in yeah we have a debriefing debriefing session after and then we also have like noon conferences where we all get lunch and we all like talk about like one really sad thing that happened so like can you tell me a little bit about what that process looks like either in the moment or you were talking about like maybe it'll hit you like a week later or a month later and it'll all like come out like do you ever have a moment where you're like okay great like I'm throwing away my scrubs I can't do this anymore I'm gonna go like I don't know like paint in Argentina and like (laughs) not be responsible for like children's health or you like this is why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have those moments a lot, but I like those this is why I do this moment where I like take a time to process like this really happy child that's leaving the hospital and like going to celebrate their birthday because we were able to discharge them a day before their birthday. Like that's like the, the yeah. best moment. I think or, we like, have to remind each other more than like, you know. Yeah, it, but the, the crying part hits you like definitely at random moments. Like I... <laughs> Uh, this was <laughs> so um, last a couple of months ago. I had a, a kid who was admitted on hospice, so we knew. What that, does that mean? So that means that he was it, admitted to the hospital, knowing that he was likely going to die in the hospital. Okay, and so we were there to act as a kind of a comfort care situation where we 
provide them with pain and uh, pain management and comfort measurements um, and help their family go through. And we have like a lot of different like support systems. We have social workers, uh, palliative care, like everyone involved. Gotcha. So, um, so we had this kid admitted in hospice and, and we would trade nights. And so you never know what resident is going to have that patient at the time. And so we all like became very close with them and their family. And, um, and I happened to be on the night that he, um, that he died and, uh, it was, it was absolutely terrible. And, um, I was like sitting outside of the room and I heard the mom scream and, um, and I ran in and I, um, I, you know, I, Sorry. Um, basically, I, I just I pronounced um, him, and then I uh, was there for the family. There was like twenty family members in this little mm-hmm. tiny room, um, and uh, the grandfather actually <laughs> passed out on the ground and started having a seizure. And because we're in a children's hospital, I can't like I mean I like tried to like clear the room and like control the situation, right. but I can't take care of an adult in a children's hospital. It's just like against like the hospital policy. Okay. Like, I was trying to control the situation as much as I could, but it was really difficult to do. And so, um, and then someone in the room, like one of the family members called EMS, and I didn't know that they called EMS because it was in Spanish. (laughs) Yeah, like one of the uncles called 911 and said, my father's having a seizure. And so I'm standing outside of the room and like, I'm like a small person. (laughs) And so that whole thing, like, it lasted a while and everything kind of calmed down and the mom had her time with her child. Um, and as I was leaving the room, another parent came out of the room and was like, Hey, um, doctor, uh, I asked for a blanket like two hours ago (laughs) and I just started bawling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, I'll get you a blanket in a minute. Okay. (laughs) She must have felt so bad. She was like, I asked she this. She probably had, she was like, I just wanted to. <laughs> like, don't cry about it. I know. It's okay. It didn't take me a minute. It took me like 45 minutes to go like cry in the stairwell. Like usually that's our go-to place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, that's my go-to place. I don't know about you. <laughs> Morgan, do you have a different, do you have a cry spot at work? Well, I think I generally have been lucky that every time I have, made that fit that had a look where you're like where someone's been like all right clearly this girl is about to it's kind of like starting to have the ugly cry Mm -hmm. face um where someone's been like why don't you come with me and takes me to like our call room which is like and then they're like are you okay which is never really a great thing (laughs) (laughs) even doctors don't know what to say (laughs) are you okay and i'm just like um, so we thankfully have, it's the tiniest little box that you could kind of find on each floor where we can have some alone space for, um, is that what it's for with other residents? Or is that just, well, it's like the room that has like the little bunk beds that you also sleep in when you're on call overnight and stuff like that. So it's not called like the crying room. It's not like okay. officially <laughs> labeled that. It's not like, no, there's like a it's side also of the, door the, that says, the like, way to get to the bathroom. <laughs> Do you think that like the crying and emotion question is different for men and women? I think you're right on that, that like it's more accessible for pediatrics because it's primarily women. Um, like my, um, my fiance is a psychiatry resident and he, like, he has very emotional moments, but I don't hear him come home from work and be like, I cried for hours. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, and I think that's, like, it's the norm that, like, the guys don't cry as much, but they experience just as much pain. They just maybe deal with it in a different way. I, I'm pretty sure this is a very silly question, but you know what? You're doctors and we're talking about crying, so I'm going to ask it. What is crying, like, medically speaking? 
do we know why we do it? I mean, I think that it is like a natural process and it's part of like you processing your emotions and your like amygdala is response to like anger and fear and and sadness and that's just the way that you express it but I don't really know why like we have tears because we're upset who do you think cries more in your practice the kids or the parents <laughs> I think the parents cry yeah well, a decent amount a totally more. different type of crying so I think kids when they cry it's more in response to fear yeah, but like getting bit, an IV yeah. or getting an getting mm-hmm. a medicine. Like it's like it's real. Like I mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why they're crying, and a lot of times the parents too. It's very real. Like they're go they have to make a big decision for their child's health. Or I think I agree. It's a lot of anxiety, but I mean, I think a lot of the situations we're in is also true sadness versus yeah. I mean, a co- mixture of yeah. the two, obviously. Or but. like something is happening outside of our life, and we're just like overwhelmed by it and we can't really oh, deal sure. with that work. I think Angela can tell Angela and I can also tell yeah. stories where things are unrelated to really I would love that and I would also children. love <laughs> I'd also love to know like how you deal with like checking your real life at the door or if you can't or if you can't. In some ways work is a great escape because you can distract yourself and mm-hmm. be really busy. So sometimes it's very hard to separate yeah but, but that's the story, to separate that's what we have to do it's like part of our job to like have to juggle five million things at once i feel like mm-hmm. in order to be a doctor you have to be able to prioritize like what's important at that exact moment like how did you learn what was cool and not cool at work like was it first day they sat you down for orientation and they were like by the way if you need to cry you take a minute or was it just you learned on the go so we have this like week-long orientation well actually ours is like spread out much longer and so during that orientation we actually have like a psychologist and our program director and a lot of other people who come and talk to us about how to handle stress and emotions during work and they make it normal they tell us Mm -hmm. it's okay to cry and if you cry like this is who you can talk to and here are the different ways you can get in touch with someone like we have like a mental health hotline who you can like go and get free like advice and counseling and psychiatry like everything you need um and then we kind of just find it like with each other because we are such a tight-knit group that we all like get to know each other really well and like it makes it okay it's just like crying with your like your best friend over the phone like that kind of situation but that doesn't make it easy like when (laughs) it happens like i like i've cried like while trying to tell the next team about the whole day and like what they have to do to take care of the children for the day I'll, like be in the middle of presenting someone and I'll just break down and cry and I still feel really awkward because I'm just like I have 20 minutes to tell you about these patients and I can't stop crying to tell you about these patients and so it's just you kind of learn by doing a lot I would agree and I think um, a lot about residency is modeling from your senior residents like, I remember just, I remember I sat in just, like, a really sad meeting. It was, I mean, it was a palliative care meeting talking about goals of care for this kid who had been really chronically ill. And it was a really beautiful meeting. It was, in a way, is a really great experience for a resident. But I was more of an observer, and I was sort of just sitting there, like, sort of trying to hold it together because it was, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, like, I was clearly not supposed to be the center of attention during this meeting when I was an observer. Um, holding it in and just trying to keep it all together. And then when I walked out, my senior resident could tell that I was visibly upset about this. And she took me to the other room and said, listen, like, you need to just let it out. Like, you don't need to hold it in. The fact that you were, like, what, what you just witnessed was a really beautiful but horribly awful thing to listen to. And you should feel totally comfortable coming here and letting it out and crying and not keeping it inside. And I think just people like that modeling what mm-hmm. the appropriate thing to do is. Do you think that this has influenced the ways you... I guess this being like your 
profession influence the ways you deal with your emotions when you're not at work? I'm better at responding to my friends and my family members when they're upset. I like am better at dealing with it and letting them talk and letting them get it all out and knowing like kind of what to say. Like you never know what to say, but like you kind of you know how to be there. Um, I feel like that's gotten better. But in terms of like how I deal with my own emotions, it's <laughs> it's the same. I've like plateaued after high school. <laughs> And <laughs> like it's the same. Like it's every new situation brings on its own challenges. I don't think you become this like master of emotions like by working with children. <laughs> I think we see a lot of people when they're in very stressful situations and how it sometimes I mean sometimes brings out really good in people, but sometimes brings out not so good in people. And you know that people you know, you see people react in ways that might be personally offensive or you might think, or like, you know, sometimes I walk into a situation where I know that, like, everyone's like, oh, this parent is being, like, really out of control and rude to all the staff and all these awful things are happening. Um, and then you think about the fact that they're in the hospital with their sick child and how stressful that must be and the reasoning behind all of their stress and anxiety and can understand this is them at their worst. I don't know if I would be any better if I was in their situation, and I thankfully have not had to be. Um so I think it's you get good at sort of talking to people and recognizing that they're not going to be perfectly logical and they're not you're not going to be able to talk them down all the time. And sometimes you just need to, like, take a second, step out, not get, like, personally. I think at the mm-hmm. beginning of – I was telling Angela the one thing I learned during interneer, I might say, like, oh, I wish I – feel like I should have learned more <laughs> real medicine. But the one thing that I knew that I learned is to not – get so like flustered and upset Mm -hmm. when people are sometimes yelling at you like I think I understand people at like airports more now (laughs) whenever you're like put on the standby list or your like flight is canceled because of the weather and you like really want to get home to like they're freaking out and yelling at Mm -hmm. the person at the desk and like I'm like I get it like you're you have a real situation and like I understand like of course I'm not going to help like in any way I'm not going to give you my ticket (laughs) but but it's this I feel like it's similar in that like we Certain we, skills you can use to bring, like, deal with those. those yeah, situations. we're good at. I'm I'm really good at an angry parent. Like I can, <laughs> like I can, I can help them get out their frustration, like talk through it. Okay, so I just have a, a goofy little game for us to play, and I'm just gonna name some things, and you tell me if that would make you cry or just feel emotional. The beginning of the movie Up. What that was when the that was when the wife dies, right? I you know I cry more towards the end, like. I I don't know your porch because I love you like that. That oh, gets dog. me the talk. Gets me every time. It's like I'm like thinking about it now and I'm gonna cry. <laughs> All right, a wounded puppy. Oh, definitely crying. Unless it's, ha- the, unless it's those commercials they play over and over again where you're like, I feel like I cry every time. Me. Like trying to manipulate me into giving <laughs> you money. Who is that singer that comes on? And uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, oh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. I like, see your face now. And I'm like, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> <in> a tissue. <laughs> a puppy that's happy but has three legs. I don't cry. That made me happy. Yeah, it's sweet. A puppy and a kitten that are best friends. That's really cute, but not crime worthy. I agree. (laughs) Those are all my questions. (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for being here. Um, If I ever have kids and they get sick, I will send them right to you because you're both amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
I will say that I think it is very smart that they get the support and coaching that they obviously that they need because they're in a high stress, super emotional environment. I kind of wish we had that. I think we should. I think kind of everyone needs it in a way. Like I think you walk in and part of your onboarding is like, you know what? Shit gets hard. Some days you're going to need to cry. Here's Nancy or Joel from wherever. Give them a call. Even if it's part of your management training. Well, that's true. Where it's like, you know, one of your employees is going to say some shit to you. And what you really want to do is just yell. But that's not your role. Like your role is to, you know, swallow those emotions, take the feedback, put it somewhere deep and dark inside yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, You know, but then hold it and then find another place to release it. But like you have to have some other outlet to release that stuff or else you become like a bottled up crazy person at work. Totally. But having a sort of prescribed release valve would be helpful. Or And just I think it says a lot about the sort of culture you're trying to cultivate when you can acknowledge that the workplace is high stress and that you can't always be the polished, perfect professional that you would like to be. Sometimes it gets really hard and you need to be a bit messy. We should designate like a happy place on the floor because it doesn't need to be like a crying place. It could be a place that you could cry, but it could still be a nice place. That's true. Like a reset place. A nourishing place. That's true. I feel like we have a... You know, the beauty closet's a good one. That's a great one. It also is in very close proximity to the vending machine. So That's also if true. You, you can grab Doritos. some things. Yeah. You get a Dorito. Get Head a on Dorito. Just one. Just one. And then you just sit in there and you play with the product. And I guess you annoy the other people in there trying to do their yeah, jobs. Sure. But we like... <laughs> we'll find a way to just sort of designate some space in there so that the... Uh, this, the sobbing in the corner doesn't disrupt just everything. like a little fort, you know, that we just like get one of the Dude, boxes. Dude, I could we get the so many boxes. shit out of a fort. Yeah. Work Wives is produced by Ben Riskin and Acast. Our associate producer, Katiri Benjamin, keeps the ship afloat. And we have production support from the whole staff at Glamour, including Anna Maysline, Lizzie Logan, and Simone Kitchens. And we're recorded right here at Condé Nast Studio in NYC. Hold up. 